When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You're listening to the Orange Power Podcast, a product of Oklahoma State Athletics. Here are your hosts, Jessica Mori and the voice of the Cowboys, Dave Hunziker. It's homecoming week at Oklahoma State, and the Cowboys welcome the Kansas Jayhawks to Stillwater with Coach Gundy as always. I was thinking about this this morning. Your leading rusher is a first-year guy, Jalen Warren, first year in your program. Mm -hmm. Your leader in sacks is a true freshman. And your leading receiver is a player who, while he played a year ago for you, Tame Martin, he really didn't play much. So this is his first full year. And here you sit. You know, you've been ranked already in the top ten in the country. You're off to a 6-1 and start. I don't know how many people across the country could say those three situations are as they are, and you're in this position. I'm really proud of our team and our coaches. And our, our culture helps us considerably. Um, the, the parity in college football today, uh, every week is a challenge. Just look at, at our league. Um, it's very difficult to predict who's going to win, and teams are going to win by what they're supposed to. You know, last week I'm watching the Kansas and tape against Oklahoma, and they were 38-point favorite, and Oklahoma had to struggle to win at the end of the game. And so it's, it's unique. A lot of things contributing to this, Dave. Transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, and now with what's going on with NIL, uh, I don't know what direction that's going to take college football. So 
we really lean on our culture and, and focus and the discipline. And, and But our players have fought through a lot of different things and injuries and young guys on offense. And I'm proud of what they've accomplished up to this point. I'd like to go back to something we talked about in the preseason, the extra year mm -hmm. because of COVID. If you're an offensive player, you're probably more inclined perhaps to go ahead and go in the NFL draft. You may be selected higher, especially receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, et cetera. It would seem like that most of the players who maybe came back for that extra year who were high-level players were probably on defense. Do you think mm -hmm. that plays a role in this? Is that proven to be true or, or no? I, I think so. And, and we, we've had a lot of discussions as a staff about this. So if I put myself in the position of a parent that has a young man on our team, which I do, he's not, he's a freshman, he's not a senior. If, if he's not a draftable player, meaning that he would only be a free agent, I would have a strong feeling about telling him, if you can come back and play another year and get postgraduate school for free, there's no rush to go out in the world and get a job anyway. Right, right. If you still like playing football, and postgraduate education is so important in society today, more so than ever. No doubt. It didn't, you know, it used to be when you and I are old, but it used to be, hey, if you get a college degree, you got a shot. Now, there's a lot of college degrees. There's a lot of them that people are getting online. So right. do you have a double major? Uh, do you have some postgraduate school? So with the extra guys, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the guys that have the extra year available, I would strongly suggest to my son that you play again and get some postgraduate school. And, and that's the availability with what's there. Now, what that affects is, you talk about defensive and offensive, what that affects is high school recruiting. Okay. Because you get, like, this next year, if we have four or five super seniors again, we can't take as many high school players. This year they, they gave exceptions for them. And but next year you don't get that? Well, you get a certain number to get to the 25 you sign, and they haven't decided whether you, they're an exception, and they have to count on your 85. Oh, wow. So we're, we have to be careful who we sign in December now. Gotcha. So it's, it's really interesting as we move forward. Brennan Presley had two touchdown mm -hmm. catches last week against Iowa State, and in the long touchdown grab, he went up over two defenders and made a fantastic play. Seems like we're seeing him more involved, but you're finding some creative ways to get him involved. And, and as a result, we're seeing just how athletic he is, he, the types of plays he can make. We're seeing what he did in high school. Uh, you know, he carried Bixby to, I think they won a state championship all three years he was there. I don't think, I don't know if they lost a game. And I saw two of them because they played Stillwater. Right, and um, right, right. I saw him make, well, he touched the ball 17 times in one state championship game against Stillwater. Uh, without him being there, Stillwater maybe wins by two touchdowns. And, uh, in fact, they had a fourth and three at midfield, and they tossed him the ball, and he made a couple guys miss and converted with a minute left in the game, and they were behind. That's what we're starting to see with him in different areas because he's just now getting enough experience to be competitive at this level. Sure. Kansas is your opponent, and, of course, everyone knows what happened last week. They led Oklahoma for much of the game before losing what was different about that Kansas team and that performance compared to what you saw in video earlier in the year? Their scores have been a little misleading based on the improvement they're made, they've made. 
if I was an outsider looking in, I would say that their coaching staff has said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get better each week. They've been behind in games by maybe three or four touchdowns at times, and they didn't change their approach from what I saw. We're, we're running the same plays on offense, not in a two-minute situation, just trying to improve, and they have improved. They, they've improved. Did Oklahoma, was that, were they sleeping a little bit? I don't know. I mean, most people would say, yeah, based on being a you know, five-touchdown favorite. But Kansas was physical. They rushed the ball on defense. They were in attack mode, which I think they'll do to us because they had success against OU. They were bringing pressure more than what they have and had success with it. So it's like they almost just kept doing it, and they thought this is going to work great. So um, we've had a good week of practice, but guys have to focus. And there's not a lot of room for error right now in college football with many teams. When you look at even the top ten teams in the country, They've had games that they've been very susceptible and lost. Yeah. So we're in the same category. We have to focus, prepare, play well, take care of the football, um, and minimize big plays. Sometimes it gets overblown, a result like that, and how it affects the next team to face a squad like Kansas. Mm -hmm. But is it truly an attention getter for the players? I mean, do they see that and say, whoa, wait a second now, in instead of acting like we're preparing and maybe not being as focused, we'd better be ready to go. Does it affect them that it, way? It should. It should have affected our players. Okay. Um, we've done a, a good job here in the past of respecting our opponents. We've always done that. I think we have. And we've practiced well. But I can't imagine being a, a player on our team and watching the video from the last game and not thinking, hey, I better, we better get ready. Yeah. I would think it would help us. But it has to give them a lift. Mentally, they have to think, hey, guys, look, look where we're at. So it'll be interesting how it plays out Saturday night. So we are now seven games in. We are getting ready to go into the final month of the season. Mm -hmm. So everybody now has a pretty clear understanding of everyone else in the conference, mm -hmm. what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, et cetera, et cetera. Where is an area or two of growth that you would like to see to help respond to some of the perceptions your opponents will have now? We still need to get better on offense. Uh, we, we need to finish blocks and be able to rush the ball um, and then be uh, more profitable in the throwing game. We, we, we need to find a way to, to get the ball down there and guys got to make catches. We, we just haven't had um, as many explosive plays in the throwing game where forever we would catch uh, a six-yard in route and run for 12 yards and it would be an 18-yard play. We haven't had many of those. And that's what we have to get back to um, to help our team as we, you know, go through the final month and finish out the regular season. Stay with us. A visit with Cowboy Cross Country Coach Dave Smith and a chat with Mike Boynton about everything not related to basketball when we continue. It's time for Ask the Coach, presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Hey, Coach Gundy, this is Mike. What was it like getting to play with Barry Sanders? Well, there's nothing like being on the field with him. I've said for 35 years now that I had the best view of the greatest college running back ever. Um, and the fact that I handed it off or tossed it to him and I could stand behind him and watch him do things that normal people can't do. Still to this day, you know, there's so many good running backs that have played, but uh, I don't think there's any question in college he was the greatest running back ever. And I got to stand there and watch him uh, do things that are just somewhat unbelievable.
The Big 12 Cross Country Championships will be held in Stillwater this weekend, so we thought we'd catch up with Oklahoma State's cross country coach, Dave Smith. You know, men and women ranked very high nationally. Could this be your best year for the two teams combined? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've ever gone into the conference championships with two top 10 rankings. And you know, the women at seven and the men at five, I think we're in, we're in a, a great spot. I think I feel like we're both teams are a little better than that. Of course, I probably do. I got my, my orange colored glasses on, but I really feel like we're we're probably a little better than those rankings. So you hosted the Nationals back in the spring mm -hmm. at the Griner Family Course, which is new and I'm told is just fantastic. So I've also been told pretty challenging course. What's the benefit of obviously you have a quality course, but a challenging course? I think the psychology of racing, uh, when you get tired and you're uncomfortable, it's really hard to stay positive. It's hard to um, keep track of where you are in a course. If it's a course that's um, where you can see a lot of things, you've got great sight lines and you know kind of the shape of it, it's, it's very simple, then, then it's um, not so psychologically challenging. But in our course, you're in the woods, you're up and down, you're turning corners, you're in another corner, and you never know, is this the last corner I'm turning before I head for home or do I have one more? And I think that psychology, if you don't know the course well, is tough to deal with. And, and our athletes obviously have an advantage of running on it every day and knowing, I tell them, hey, you gotta know every single blade of glass, in fact, blade of grass and in fact you should name each one and, and love them and <laughs> know them intimately so isai rodriguez mm -hmm. is a great story on your men's side yeah tell us about him well he's a local guy from ringwood oklahoma and you know back when he was a freshman or sophomore i started getting notes from people from from ringwood we had a, a pretty good program and saying hey there's a guy out here you should look at and you know i think a lot of people don't understand what training and racing is at this level and they would say things like he's so good he wears a backpack with 25 pound weights in it when he runs and I think well okay that's fine you know or he runs in combat boots or he does all these crazy things that maybe he read on the internet or I don't know where he yeah, got his ideas yeah. but I was like well that doesn't make him a good athlete and so you know he just it was it was uh I slowly warmed up to him got to know him and um you know we I ended up recruiting him getting him to come to Oklahoma State and Thank goodness we did because he is probably the best cross-country athlete we've ever had. He might end up being the best distance runner in Oklahoma State history when it's all said and done. He's unbelievable. Um, he's got an incredibly positive attitude. There's just um, never any doubt in his mind. I tell people that when I was a kid, I played basketball with my dad one-on-one. -on -one. And I probably played, I don't know, 2,000 games before I ever beat my dad. But every time I lost, I was like, let's go again. Uh -huh. And it'd be dark out every night. And my dad would say, no, we've got to go in. It's dark. We can't even see the ball. Isai is the same way when he races. Every single time he thinks he's going to win. And when he does, and he says, let's do it again. Oh, and that's just, awesome. That attitude is just really, really uh, probably his superpower. And I've also been told that his family moved to Oklahoma. And as the recruiting process was unfolding, Isai's father basically told him, you need to go to Oklahoma State because this state has been good to our family. So you should take your talents to Stillwater. Is that a true story? Because that's an amazing story. I, if it I've is. been told the same thing, and I think okay. that's part of it. And his, his father is, um, you know, obviously a, a great guy, a great man, and uh, is, is very supportive. Um, I see him at all the meets, but he's, he's just a, he's not, a, he's, uh, not a helicopter parent. He's just very supportive, stands back, lets Isai do his thing, supports him, is excited for him. But he's very proud of Oklahoma and very proud of you know, their family, what they've accomplished here. And I think he wanted to kind of instill some of that state pride in Isai and just really encouraged him to look here first. Very strong on the women's side. Mm -hmm. uh, what have been the highlights? Well, we've had a lot of improvement uh, from some young girls stepping up. We've got three really good um, upperclassmen who are our um, kind of physical leaders. They're the, they're the you know three best 
athletes on our team. Um, they've been great examples, um, kind of led the way, but we've got some really young kids that have developed um, nicely over the last couple of years. Got some redshirt freshmen who are contributing for us, and uh, I think it's a tough thing to do. So I think, you know, we've got great leadership and then a, a nice pack of young runners who are developing pretty quickly. Last year, you had the National Cross Country Championships in the spring, mm -hmm. and as I understand it, you were really having to juggle, do I have this athlete in indoor? Do I have them do cross country? I'm sure your sanity has to be returning at a high level because I can't imagine trying to make those decisions. Yeah. And now you're back to normal in that sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last year was challenging and it was, it, on the other hand, it was kind of fun. It was something oh, okay. new, something we haven't done before, and trying to put the puzzle together and figure out, does this athlete run our conference indoor meet and then run the national meet, go to the national meet in indoor track, go to the national meet in cross country, which are two days apart. And for some, we said, yeah, let's do everything. For some, we said, let's just do indoor. Others, we said, let's just do cross country. And I think we, did, we hit it pretty well. I think for the most part, we, we got it pretty much right. Final question. What do you think has been the key to your success here? Biggest well, key. I mean, this sounds cliche, but it's true. It's we've recruited the right people. And it's not necessarily great athletes. It's just great attitudes. People like Isai Rodriguez, who just have this incredible, positive energy. Uh, people who love Oklahoma State, people who um, love the sport, um, who support each other, are, are um, kind of in this together, kind of this, we talk about family, we talk about team culture, all those kinds of things that we often say in a cliche way, I, I really feel is, is just in our DNA. And I think part of it is Oklahoma State University. I think the entire athletic department's kind of that way. And if you look at all of our sports programs, I think we all have that one strength in common, that we have this connectivity and this kind of, kind of family approach. And I think that um, kids gravitate towards that. And those kids will, will kind of go to bat for each other and, and you know go into the trenches with each other. And that's kind of, I think, what's been the best for us. Best of luck this weekend and in your national competition. Coming up, a conversation with Mike Boynton. Jessica talks to Coach about everything except basketball when we come back. Welcome back to the Orange Power Podcast. I'm Jessica Mori, and we have another very special guest joining us this week, switching gears to basketball because the basketball season gets started here in just about a week. I'm joined by head men's basketball coach Mike Boynton. Thank you so much for joining me today. Jessica, thank you for having me. All right, so this week is homecoming, and normally there's homecoming hoops at Gallagher-Iba Arena, but things are switching it up. We're switching it up a little bit this year and having a homecoming and hoops event at the Beta House on Greek Row after walk-around. Walk me through that decision and, and what fans can expect. Well, first of all, I love this new setup here, right? Uh, clearly, it's been, been being used here for a while, but it's my first time here, and I'm impressed. I like the setup. I like the way we uh, kind of changing things up and look forward to seeing how it continues to play out uh, as far as homecoming and hoops. So I think it's a pretty long story that may take up the whole show. So I'll give you the kind of nickel version. Uh, I was contacted and made aware that, you know, maybe we were looking at doing something different this year for homecoming for a variety of reasons. Um, and so I don't have any original ideas. My brain doesn't function that way, but I'm a good listener. So I told everybody who wanted to have a, a role in what the new format would be to just put their ideas on the table. And, and we obviously, you know, we researched what, what else we could do in GIA, whether we could bring a big-time entertainer in here to have sort of a concert-type thing. But we still wanted it to be pretty basketball-centric. And so, you know, several people on our staff and within the department 
uh, said we should maybe take the hoops part of homecoming to campus. And so then it was how, where, and what does that look like? Uh, and there were several ideas brought to, to the uh, forefront. Uh, one was doing something in the union, um, you know, kind of in the middle. But, but it's indoors. How many people can get in? Will people know what's going on? Um, it was an idea to do something on the library lawn. Uh, but you don't want to disrupt the integrity of the actual lawn, right, yeah. by building a basketball court on it for however many days it would take to set it up. Uh, maybe doing something at Bennett Hall where, you know, before there's a lot of basketball connections at Bennett Hall, and that's where the basketball players used to live way back when. Um, and so all those ideas were thrown on the table, and I think what we settled on was we're going to try to get as close to walk around as we can and try to be on and, and present on university uh, with most of the other uh, visitors and, and current students as possible. And so we settled on <clears throat> going to the Beta House, and they already have a basketball court set up, so that made one element of it easier um, and then the rest of it continued to build from there. Uh, we also thought, you know, how do we make it fun and something that the kids will get excited about? And so <clears throat> Desmond Mason, uh, who's a former uh, Cowboy basketball player, lives in Oklahoma City, uh, played professional basketball for many, many years, uh, obviously traveled around and has been around these type of events many times, won the slam dunk contest as a player himself, uh, thought, you know what, if we bring a big-time DJ in here who's got a big reputation, uh, maybe that'll spice things up and add a little bit more excitement to it. And he suggested a guy who actually was the musician at his – or DJ at his wedding. Oh, wow. Uh, DJ Irie, a guy who's DJed NBA All-Star Weekends, a guy who's DJed several of the big-time entertainers' parties. He's actually the official DJ of the Miami Heat oh, uh, wow. NBA franchise. And so he's got a great presence in the basketball community. Yeah. And we think that that'll be a big turnout. And we're also inviting several former basketball, both men and women, back to be a part of it. Uh, Tiffany Bias and Desmond Mason are the headliners for both the men and women. And I think from there, it's just an opportunity to get people engaged in what we hope on both the men's and women's side is going to be a really exciting winter sports season. Yeah, exactly. And um, are you guys, what kind of is, is the lineup? What, what will be going on? Is there going to be a dunk contest? Is there going to be a three-point contest? Will students be involved? What's kind of going on with that? Well, I was told, I was sworn to secrecy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so I've told about as much as I can about okay. all the specifics. Okay. But I do know that it's going to start about 8, between 8 and 8.30. The festivities will start over there. Uh, there'll be giveaways. There'll be contests that students and regular patrons in the community can take part in. Um, maybe T-shirts given away, um, signed autographs. Um, I, I think the guys will perform some sort of athletic uh, task. I don't know exactly <laughs> what, okay. both men and women. Uh, I'm aware that Pete will be there as well as uh, some palm and cheer. And so it'll be all the pomp and circumstance that you get. Uh, for homecoming in the hoops and GIA, except it'll be at the Beta House. All right. Well, uh, students and fans are going to have to come out and see because you're not giving us you're not giving us a lot here. So yeah. they're going to have to come out, come out and see what's going on. Yeah, especially when I'm not involved. I don't want to, you know, burst the bubble of someone else's ideas. Yeah. That's that, that's also not my role here. And so I'm going to be out there support. Um, you know, a couple things I, I'll tell you that got shot down. Uh, <laughs> one was me. Um, um, zip lining in to this place somehow 
But the problem was, so even though I don't have good ideas, I know when something's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when somebody said, hey, coach, we think it would be pretty cool if you would zip line. The I'm a logical thinker. That's how my brain works. And so I've been on a zip line before. And I don't see how that's possible because I've been past this area also, and I don't I don't see how it works. And he said, "Well, we could just you know just stick a couple things in the ground." And yeah, no. 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 no, 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 I don't have that kind of liability insurance, <laughs> no. um, and I don't think anybody wants to take a policy. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> that would be able to cover my wife he, and kids. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, think uh, workers comp for that right yeah, before the season starts. Yeah, <laughs> I have skydived, and that oh, wow. was brought up. But yeah, it's one of those things you do once and it's over. So I'm not going to skydive again. Uh, like skydive, like they were going to fly a plane over. Yeah. And you were just going to like yeah, jump out of the plane <laughs> and kind of yeah. I'm not going to lie, that would have been pretty cool. Sounds good. Yeah. But you you can do it. I would do it. All right. Oh, I would so do it. Just um, deliver like the ball. I'd bring it down. There was a thought to have me ride it uh, ride in on bullet. Um, that also not going to happen. Okay. A, I'm not a horse person. I don't know horses well. I don't ride horses. Okay. And so I was immediately concerned about the horse. Okay. Because I know I would imagine there's going to be a lot of people around. Yeah, that's true. And horses can sometimes react yeah, irrationally. Yeah, yeah. music um, and stuff. Yeah, music, it would be. noise, mm -hmm. just chaos. And I don't know if that's the type of environment you want a novice yeah. riding a horse. Yeah. And, you know, so... To save all of us um, unnecessary exposure, yeah. right? Because that would go viral for yeah. the wrong reasons. Uh, we're not going to see Coach Mike riding <laughs> on a horse. <laughs> you could bring BB in, the mini horse. Yeah, but no one's going to be that excited about that. Let's be honest. Okay, I mean, I'm pretty be excited, excited about BB. To see BB, yeah, but no one wants to see me walk BB around at homecoming so yeah i mean you can get a picture with you and with bb that would be pretty now we may be, cool. be able to as we move forward come up with an idea of you know get some professionals in here maybe there's a way to have a horse competition race or something but it would need to be people who know how to get horses yeah. to come down if they were to kind of lose their minds a little yeah, bit. yeah that would be yeah, that's definitely... It's dangerous, too. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be so many people there. Yeah, I wouldn't... And Bullet's a great horse, but I don't know how, you know, well-trained it would be to handle a situation. No, I don't me. know many horses. It's, it's me. Well, I think you would be fine. No, I don't know how to stop the horse. Yeah, that would be bad. That <laughs> that's would be a bad. problem. Yeah, that would be bad. That would... Uh, we were talking to... We had Brennan Presley, one of our wide receivers, on um, a couple weeks ago, and he had... They had a horse down on the field... Um, at Boone Pickens, just random day, and he walked by, and they wanted to get him on the horse and take a picture, and uh, yeah, he was very, he's like, I've never ridden a horse, never ridden a horse again, and I was like, well, you didn't really, you just sat on it, and he's like, yeah, I'm not, that was the first and last time, I don't intend to learn how to do it, that was a cool experience, but I'm done with that. <laughs> Shout out to Brendan Presley, too, that kid's a stud. Yeah. I've, uh, obviously, I watch all the games, and, and I really, uh, you know, admire those kids, the work that they do to go out there, and uh, he's going to be a stud oh, here. Yeah. I'm glad he's uh, wearing a cowboy uniform. Oh, yeah. And just a great kid all around. Just, uh, you know, just respectful and polite and nice and just an all-around re super respectful kid. His, uh, you know, I think his parents raised a really good kid there. Um, he's he's great. And I was so excited to have, see him have success. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win at Iowa State, but he played great. So that was uh, definitely a first down there at the end of the game. Absolutely. But, you know, um, I'm not a ref, so... <laughs> Because <laughs> we would have won that game if I was. Um, but, yeah, so no horse, no zip lining, no skydiving. But it's still going to be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still some talk of some sort of grand entrance. Okay. Uh, has not necessarily been 
finalized. Okay. And then obviously the finalization, because I think someone was convinced that they were going to get me on a zip line. I still have to approve how I'm going to come yeah, into this place. Yeah, that seems, yeah, that just doesn't seem realistic, especially with all the house decks and stuff out there and all the people. I mean, you a would have to like, going on. I don't think that was a good. Now, I'll say if anybody could figure out a way to do it, yeah. it's the students at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Right? We are innovative. We can build things. Yeah. The ag mentality here. We can figure out a way yeah. engineering, but we're not ready yet. Yeah, no. If any of the players were to zip line in, which one do you think would do it? Which one do you think would be like gung ho, ready to go? Any of the players? We got. I mean, these guys look brave, <laughs> but <laughs> we got some guys that are pretty scared of their own shadows out there. Um, anybody brave enough to zip line? I would say either Rondell Walker, Bryce Williams, or Keelan Boone. Those yeah. would be the three that I would that I would say would would try it. Yeah. I feel like if Keelan did it, Caleb would want to probably do it too, don't you think? No. You don't think so? No. They are not similar. And that's it. They're just twins. Yeah. <laughs> and they just make everything into an argument. They do. <laughs> to a battle. They, everything's a competition. It's very fun. But very they, fun. they may be the most dissimilar twins I've okay. ever been around. Okay. Um, they, they don't have very similar interests. They don't dress the same. They don't comport themselves the same. Yeah. Um. They are very, very different yeah. people. The dressing the same was a hot topic of competition because who has the better style was a question I remember we asked. We did like a little twin trivia thing um, last summer, and that was – And the interesting sparked. part about it, with twins, you would think their style would be similar. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It, you would be making a clear choice if you were deciding between the two of them. Okay. Who has the better style? Neither one of them has okay. very good style, okay. actually. Cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Who has the best style on the team? Um, probably their coach. Okay. Yeah, their coach is the most fashionable person in the program. I've heard that. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. It goes along with, uh, you know, we always got to check out your shoe game. Are you going to have new – well, you're not going to tell us probably what shoes you're going to wear. Not what shoes, but they will be new. Okay. Uh, okay. They will be exclusive. Um, and so I'm excited to, to see how people respond. So I may even give them away. See, okay, you do that. That's a thing that's very normal for you. So talk to me about that. You know, um, I've been really blessed. Um, I've been fortunate. I grew up with very little. Um, and, and I feel like everybody should have an opportunity to experience the, the things that make people feel good, right? And so I've been fortunate to to be in a position where I can, you know, get, get things. And, and a lot of times I have things sent to me. And, you know, I like to share that. And, and so – a lot of times after a couple wear, sometimes after not wearing at all, you know, I'll just, I just won't want to keep something and uh, have an overflow of stuff that I don't need. And so occasionally I'll just give away some, some shoes um, or some shirts or whatever. And mostly it's things that I know people have seen me with um, that maybe they don't have access to. And so I want everybody to have an opportunity for that. That's awesome. Do the, you mainly give the shoes away to the team or? I just make them available. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know if I could just give them away to the team, but I make them available. And so anybody who wants them can certainly um, find out how to get them and, and I'll make sure they're available for them. You might have some people slide in your DMs after this. I, it's all good. I'm here <laughs> for the people. I love that. I wish uh, – we wore the same size, which would be weird for me. It but would be weird for me if we wore the same size. If it was my size shoe. 
it would be weird for you. I if it was your size, it would be weird for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to wear the same size. Yeah, I don't either. But I would wear the shoes. Maybe a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, I have I'll some t- exclusive shirts or hats <laughs> yeah. too. So let's okay. let's go that route. Okay. Yeah, that sounds better. Right. You know me. I wear shoes that don't fit me. You do. <laughs> uh, it's a weird thing in my mind, but you know, everybody gets to be who they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> if I really like the shoes and and get a good deal, and they're not necessarily my size, they'll just wear thicker socks. That's yeah, strange. It's not but it makes you unique. I don't know anybody else who um, accepts that. But that's cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> if someone's going to give me the shoes and they don't necessarily, they're a little too big, I'm not going to be like, no, I will figure out a way to wear them. Even uh, if they make my feet look like clown feet, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're very comfortable in your own skin. That's a good thing. I try. So I most try. people are way too self-conscious <laughs> about stuff like that. <laughs> well, I put on a good front, so... <laughs> I've done a good job to hide that, so there, that's good. <laughs> um, okay, so you're big into sne- How many sneakers would you say you own? How many pairs of shoes do you think you own? So that's, that's what a lot of people ask me that, and I'm, I'm honest. I don't know. Part of it is I don't keep count. Uh, okay. The other part is I give a lot of them away. Yeah. Uh, and so at any given time, I could have 30 to 40 at once. Okay. And they're all pretty new. Yeah. I really just kind of give them away after a while. Um, but I, I usually give away shoes by like dozens yeah. at a time. And so it's hard to say now if I, if I didn't give my shoes away, I would easily be in the high hundreds, like yeah. seven, eight, nine hundred. Pair. Wow. Um, but I've probably given away as many as I have gotten. Over so, the so giving away the shoes, being generous is great, but like, do you, would you have room for 700 pairs of shoes? Um, I, I could okay. have room for that many. Do you have like um, a, a shoe room or do you just have a closet dedicated? I don't need dedicated? a shoe room. Okay. If I didn't give them away, I would. Okay. Um, my, my, my shoes would probably need their own like storage shed. Yeah. Um, and it's not just tennis shoes. Yeah. I actually like designer shoes more okay. than tennis shoes. So, you know, I've got a couple pair of Louboutins that I really enjoy because they're really comfortable. Some Balenciagas that, that I only wear when I go out to, like, nice dinners with people. Yeah. Um, but they're really – I like shoes that are most comfortable. And, yeah. And I don't really – I don't really get into the fashion part of it as much as the comfort has got to be first. Okay. Where do you keep your shoes now? Are you just in your closet? Do you have, just like, a display closet. case or anything nah, like that? Okay. I, I'm not overly particular about how they're okay. – how they're kept. Okay. Because, again, I, I wear them a couple times, and then I don't think about them anymore. Yeah, I feel that. I have, like, 20 pairs, I think. That's good. Um, yeah. I want to get the cool, like, you know, gla- like uh, clear thing where it's shelf where you can, like, set them up and kind of display them in the closet. But it seems like a lot. Who's going to see them? I don't, me? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Me That's and my dog. That's one thing I've always kind of. That's true. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah, that is it's true. kind of like an old teammate of mine. Um, and we're getting way off track here, but I had a teammate who was really big into tattoos Mm -hmm. and he got, um, he got tattoos on his eyelids and I I was, I always wondered and I asked him one time, I said, Hey, you know, no one will ever see those unless you sleep. Yeah. And then they can't even ask you about them. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine. That sounds so painful. It does. He's got them in his earlobe, like all on the inside wow. of his earlobe. I mean, but he's probably got as many tattoos as I have shoes. Wow. <laughs> what were, What was it of? Did you ever see him? I don't know. But I, you <laughs> it's know, a mystery. Can check it when he blinks, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, real quick. But, you know, <laughs> fascinating nonetheless. I even wonder how that would, I don't even know how that process would go, getting them tattooed like that. That's the, oh, I, 
I have like three tattoos, and I don't think I could get any more. I love not, them. Yeah. But I won't get one on my eyelid. No, please don't. No. I, I don't. Nowhere think. on my face. Really. Yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're good. How many tattoos do you have? I have six total. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Are they all like meaningful, or are they just? They're all pretty meaningful. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I think that's important. I don't. That's why I don't have any more, is because I can't think of anything <laughs> else that like means anything to, <laughs> to yeah. me. There's plenty of things that now you know. Maybe you don't want to have it written on your body, but there's a lot of meaningful things in your life. Yeah, yeah. I just can't think of you know. There's things where in that moment I'm like, wow, that would be really cool. Like I don't know. Back in the day, people were like, oh, I'm gonna get YOLO tattooed. Thank goodness I never did that. Could you imagine? Yeah. That's a thing that could you know because that was cool at the time. People were like doing that, and it was that was like sure. the cool thing to say. Some things are better left as a thought. Yes. So I think that was not I'm most glad things actually. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen. So yeah, um, that'd been pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So you like sneakers? Uh, also, I hear you're big in hot chocolate. You like hot chocolate? You don't drink coffee? Is that correct? I do not drink coffee. But you go to Starbucks every day. I go to Starbucks about six times a day. Um, Wait, six times a day? Six times a week. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Um, but I, I can only go to Starbucks when it's cold enough outside. Okay. Because I can only drink hot chocolate from there. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I don't go to Starbucks basically from like the 1st of April through like October 1st at all. Okay. And then I can't wait until the first day it's like 50 degrees in the morning even though it may get up to like 84 that day yeah i'm running to the starbucks <laughs> line i'm hitting my app to order a grande hot chocolate with extra drizzle oh is their hot chocolate just special is it different than than it's really good yeah it's uh it's the right level of sweet okay and uh, good little dash of whipped cream not a ton um but yeah it's really good and the people are pretty nice at starbucks so they are nice I'll, I'll say this you know this is not to bash but i'm not here to promote e any product <laughs> uh dutch bros just came in town yeah um good hot chocolate okay i think the key there is they use chocolate milk oh in interesting hot chocolate. okay and so it gives a different huh. um kind of um rich flavor yeah um and so it's pretty good okay hot chocolate so, so starbucks has some uh has some competition oh wow there. yeah and the hot chocolate game absolutely yeah see i'm a i'm a hot chocolate if i'm like walking around a pumpkin patch if i'm looking at christmas lights you know i'm just i can't just drink it i feel like on its own i feel like i need to be outside at least outside oh no you know sometimes when it gets not six times a day but sometimes when it gets really cold i'll have two or three cups of hot chocolate in wow day. oh yeah okay that's, that's good stuff I'm, so I'll go to Starbucks when it's hot out because the iced coffee I like better, and I can make hot coffee at home. And the hot coffee I make at home is pretty good, but I can't make the iced coffee. I just can't do it. So the, the, it's not the consistency. The ice melts. It's just not great. So I go to Starbucks from the April probably till about October, and then now uh, now I'm in the making – I'm saving money right now. I'm saving money <laughs> mode as I'm making my own coffee. <laughs> See, I don't drink coffee, so I'm totally out, yeah. out, out on the iced – coffee okay. kind of seems like it defeats the purpose to me but you know I don't, I don't know what makes it better but iced coffee is really good <laughs> i'll take your word for it so i mean you're you have a lot of energy and you don't drink any coffee do you drink energy drinks no energy drinks wow uh, no soda wow um nope well your wife is a nutritionist yeah, so but that's not does why. she okay but she doesn't either okay she do you guys keep coffee. soda out of the house and and yeah. that caffeine and stuff out yeah. of the house it's actually we have a pretty boring refrigerator okay <laughs> We have milk, uh -huh. uh, we have water, we have orange juice, and that's about it. Okay. 
Wow. The kids love that? No. <laughs> kids hate it, actually. They always want to go to their friend's house because they have Dr. Pepper and Sprite, <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew, and Pepsi. <laughs> they come home and they're like, Mom and Dad, never get us anything good to drink. Oh. Are they come back and they're all, like, hyped up because they had the caffeine? Or are they oh, pretty? yeah. 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 That's what, yeah, a Mountain Dew, one Mountain Dew is, like, that'll do more than an iced coffee for me. Like, I'm ready to go after that. Um, but that's crazy, because you work a lot, and you just don't have any, you're just naturally energetic. I'm high on life. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> the way to be. I mean, I wake up, and I, I feel like I got, the, I have a better job than I ever imagined having. Yeah. You know, I get to do something I really love at a place where people care about what I'm doing, and I get to try to have an impact on you know, young people's lives. Like, what What else do I need to, to get excited to get up in the morning and go give it my best? So I, a, I don't need any additives. It's a good point. I'm going to think about that while I'm drinking my Red Bull later today <laughs> because I got up early for this podcast, and as you know, getting up early is not necessarily my favorite thing. But It's your least favorite thing, It I is, really. <laughs> um, but I don't know. You, you kind of dog me for that quite a bit, but I don't know where that came from. I don't remember how that got brought up. But Well, we were doing our show – the last couple of years and we usually do it in the morning and I think we usually do it like 10 and every time it was like uh it's early and I was thinking to myself I get up at five every day even on the weekends doesn't matter what do you do you just so get by up? 10 o'clock in my mind half the day is gone <laughs> okay what do you do from the five like but you come to work right away or are you out do you go for I a exercise. run what do you do? okay I don't have very many hobbies. You know, I say my fridge is boring. It's probably a microcosm <laughs> of my life. I have a, live a pretty boring life. Uh, I enjoy exercising, reading, spending time with my kids, and basketball. That's it. Okay. I don't go out. I don't really have a ton of friends. Uh, I don't play golf. I don't, you know. So I get up, I exercise, I go back home. Usually if it's school, I get my kids ready to take them to school, and then I come in and I'm ready for the day. No naps. No, 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 no. Wow. I can't sleep in the middle of the day. Okay. It, it just won't happen. My brain has just too many things that I feel like I need to get done. Okay. Um, because I'm also afraid that you don't know what time you're going to wake up. Yeah. You could set an alarm. Okay. But when you set an alarm, in my mind, like, it's because you don't want to get up then. Yeah. No, every time I set an alarm, <laughs> I don't want to get up right. when I set the alarm. So I don't want to... <laughs> Go to sleep at, let's just say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And be upset that I wake up at 3.30, if that's what the plan is. Yeah. Right? I want to sleep when I need to sleep. So okay. I usually sleep from about 12.31 to 5, and that's it. And then it's go time. Like four hours, four and a half hours of sleep? Four and a half hours. And wow. Let's, let's go. I'm dragging if I don't get, like, 10. There's, there's stuff to do. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> It's a Sunday afternoon. You're just you're just hanging out. You don't want to just you fall asleep on the, the couch. The days of the week are irrelevant. Okay. They don't really exist. Okay. <laughs> Every day is the same. Okay. Every day you do the same thing. Pretty much. Okay. Some days I travel a yeah. lot, but but other than that, every day is about the same. And traveling, it doesn't make you want to sleep more when you get no. to the, wow. No. In fact, traveling helps my sleep sometimes because I sleep probably most peacefully on an airplane. Okay. Interesting. It doesn't matter if it's a 20-minute flight or a 20-hour flight. Okay. I sleep most comfortably on an airplane. Interesting. Is that... Probably a bad thing. Yeah. Is that... Uh, have you been on a 20-hour flight? Yeah. Where'd you fly to? It was 20 hours. We went to... Maybe not 20 hours. When we went to um, Venice three years ago now, two years ago now, 
uh, I think it was about a 15-hour flight from, wow. where did we fly from? Maybe Atlanta. Oh, wow. Like we went to Atlanta and flew from Atlanta. No, Houston. Okay. And um, it was a pretty long one. Yeah. Did you sleep the whole time? No, I've read okay. a couple of books, but okay. I slept, you know. Read a couple of four. books. That's impressive, oh, yeah. too. I love reading. Favorite book? Ever? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know what? I've read a lot. Probably the book that has had the most impact on me is called Makes Me Want to Holler by Nathan McCall. Okay. Um, and it's really a, a cultural book uh, about the, the plight of African-American men in, in uh, the United States. And, and it doesn't necessarily dog the country. It just talks about how our mindset is growing up in the environments that many of us do and how it's incumbent upon us that we, um, we always figure out how we can control our decision making. Mm-hmm. Right. And not allow the circumstances we grew up to control our decision making. Okay. And, um, it's actually the book that got me inspired to want to read more. And when I got to college, uh, my freshman year, I had a professor named Christopher Levy Johnson and, uh, he was associate professor in the African American studies, um, department. And he and I are actually best friends today. He married Jenny and I. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But he gave me that book. And okay. I read it in two days. And I came back to him and I asked him, I said, anything else you can get me to read, please give it to me. And so I was actually went to college thinking I was going to major in business. Okay. And I ended up majoring in African-American history and got my degree in it partly because of that book and, and the experience I had with it. Wow. That is a very but, but I love book. reading autobiographies. Okay. Uh, I just finished John Thompson's for the second time. Okay. Uh, I just finished reading a book called Be Where Your Feet Are. Okay. Uh, phenomenal. Um, I read a book called The Psychology of Money. Okay. Um, and so I, I read a lot of different kinds of books. Are you reading more, you learning when you're reading, you want to learn, or is it more just relaxing, or what's no, no, kind no. of? Always learning. Always learning. Okay. Always. Okay. Always. Interesting. Yep. So no, like, uh, you know, fiction kind Not of story? Really. No? Okay. Not really. I mean, I would, but yeah. I wouldn't pick one up and say, you know, I'm excited to read this. If somebody said, hey, this book was really good, I may read it. But those books take me much longer. Yeah. Okay. So you read, you don't, you don't spend a lot of time watching TV. I watch no TV. In fact, I, I kind of have a general rule. Okay. If they don't keep score, I have no interest. Okay. So sports... And that's about it. Okay. Or even like a game show would be next if it wasn't a sport. Which like, game show? Like, you know, Family Feud, yeah, or Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, like something where there's a, there's, somebody's competing for something. Okay. That's pretty much how my, you know, life is, is, is revolved around competition. Okay. So you don't watch like Paw Patrol with the kids? Nope. Do they watch TV? Sure. Yeah. Does Jenny watch TV? Oh, yeah. She oh. loves it. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, you just she, don't watch she, with her? No. Okay. Definitely not. You just read? Um, well, yeah. I guess you're probably not or watch basketball. working. Yeah, yeah, you're probably working a lot, so <laughs> probably not a lot of time. But you did watch one TV show, um, Ted Lasso, and which, in my opinion, which matters a lot, um, <laughs> is the greatest show I've ever seen. I love that show so much. It's the most happy, joyful show, and it just I'm excited to watch it. And it's one show I put my phone down and I like lock in. I just think it's so good. Um, what were your thoughts on Ted Lasso? As someone who doesn't watch well, TV. I'll step back. I used to watch a lot of TV. Okay. I used to really enjoy watching Martin Lawrence's show, mm-hmm. uh, Friends, Cheers, okay. uh, Living Single. Like, there was a lot of shows, Different World, like shows I grew up watching. I just as I've gotten older and kind of gotten in a professional life, 
it's just I don't really have that kind of attention or time to I can't let my mind be at that much ease okay. to enjoy the show. However, yeah, it's understandable. I was in a leadership um, meeting about a year and a half ago, and someone played a clip from Ted Lasso, and I was hooked. Um, I, I love just the the style uh, of the show, uh, the realness, the, the relatability to yeah. things that I know that I live and things that cross my mind, things I want to say. I don't necessarily say how he does, uh, but it's fascinating. The show is, and even though I haven't, I won't say I've been committed to watching it. It is something I've enjoyed. Did you watch the second season or just the first season? Not the second season yet. Okay. And, and I usually, when I see something like that, I like to let it get through. Yes. Because I also, if I'm going to watch it, I want to get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, which it just ended, so you're good to go on that. So let's do it. Um, it's very good. Uh, obviously, the first season was, you know, unbelievable. The second season's pretty good, too. I'm never going to say anything bad about Ted Lasso. Um, it's just so good. I mean, it's just happy, and the character development is very good, and there's, like, strong female characters, and it's just the writing's very good. So, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I'm fascinated by greatness. Yeah. And I would put that in the category of a great you know, show. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to see the best people in anything that they do, do what they do. Yeah. And so a lot of it's entertainment, entertainment best based, but anything like the best, um, I don't know, the best construction worker. I want to see him work on his job. Like I want to see the best hairstylist do their work. Like I want to see the people who do, and it yeah. comes from like the competitive side of me wanting to, admire and have an appreciation for, you know, the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans and even LeBron James, who I don't necessarily put in the category with those other guys, uh, but he is he is a phenom. And so Ted Lasso and that show definitely is one of the all-time great shows I think has ever come across television. Yeah, see? Yes. That's a very good <laughs> statement. I love that statement. Um, what uh, When you watch it as a coach, are you how are you kind of watching it that way? You, have, you see it from a different perspective than I would see it probably. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I think that's pro- part of the issue, right? This will be my 18th year coaching college basketball. And my eyes can't see basketball or coaching the same way as I did when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't watch a game without thinking about the strategy. Okay. And it doesn't matter whether I'm interested in who wins or not. Okay. Because sometimes I'll watch a random college basketball game. I don't have a rooting interest. I don't know anybody on the other, either team. Yeah. But I'm thinking it's four minutes and 25 seconds ago, and this team's down eight. What would I do here okay. in this timeout? What would I say? And so Ted Lasso have definitely presents some of those moments for me. What is the conversation going to be like in the locker room because of this situation? Uh, and so that's the way I think about pretty much everything in sports. Even when I watch in a different sport, I watch baseball, and I think, you know, should I hit and run or steal here? And I don't know anything about baseball. Like, if I'm watching a football game, like, should I go for it on fourth down? Should I, you know, I, I'm always like the onside kick, fake field goal <laughs> yeah. guy, like trick play. Yeah. Like, let's just spice the game. Yeah. Up, oh, know? I'm right there with you. I'm here for that too. Now, none yeah. of it probably makes any sense. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I would not be a good football oh, yeah. coach. Yeah, no. I'm team like never punt. Like, let's just go for it on fourth down. Don't even have a punt. Yeah. You kidding me? No offense, Tom Everybody's Hunt. We love you. Know. But yeah. I absolutely love you, Tom. You do a great job for us. But yeah, that's uh I covered a few high school teams where that was their that was their thing. They never punted and they would score, you know, upwards of 70 to 80 points a game and it was so fun. 
It was uh, just sometimes good to watch. I'm sure. I'm sure sometimes it was not very good. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. But they, uh, but that because if, uh, if you're like me and you don't have a punter, sometimes it's fourth and twenty eight. Yeah. Like you got to live with that. Yeah, yeah. You got to live, which is still entertaining. You know, yeah. Which is still it makes it an interesting fourth and uh, twenty eight from your own three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. If I was a quarterback, I'd probably punt myself. I would punt. <laughs> <laughs> be like, you know what? I can't throw this far. It's not yeah. going to happen. Um, so when you're watching sports like that, are you able to enjoy them? You, you're enjoying the strategy and stuff like that, but are you able to just kind of sit back and ever relax? It seems like you don't really get to relax too much when you read, I guess, and yeah, when you're I'm on the plane and you're napping. a relaxer. Okay. Um, self- it's a problem. Okay. Uh, it's probably something I need to have addressed. Not that I'm, you know, yeah. like professional. I yeah. don't need any help. But I do think it's important that you're yeah. able to kind of disconnect from what you do. Yeah. And I have a hard time doing that. Um, I may be the worst person ever to go on vacation with. Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> my kids, my wife, they're like, hey, dude, like, you know, put the phone down. Uh, yeah. Come on, watch, enjoy the pool. But I don't like the pool. Like, I don't like the beach. I don't like. The sun. I don't like. <laughs> you don't like the sun? No. Who doesn't like the beach and the sun? Me. Why? It's hot. <laughs> I don't like being hot. It is. What if it's like 70 degrees? 70 degrees is the perfect temperature. Okay. No sun. No sun. So cloudy day at the cloudy beach. Cloudy day at the beach. So <laughs> my wife will tell you this. We went to Tahoe in May and we experienced all four seasons in one week. Oh, wow. We got there on a Sunday. It was probably. 68 and overcast. Okay. Um, we got up to about 87, 88. Okay. And sunny, and we were out on the beach in shorts, flying kites, throwing footballs. And by Friday, it was 10 inches of snow on the ground. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I yeah, don't think nuts. I could live there. So my best day was like Monday when it was like 70 and overcast. Yeah. And we were sitting out, and we all had jackets on on the, on the beach. I like that, too. Yeah. Like, perfect for me. But when you're out there and it's it's sunny and it's nice and you're throwing the football and flying the kites, that's you're just like, man, I really wish the sun was gone. I really wish it was cloudy. Yeah, that's where, you know, I, I, I'd rather it be cool. And, you know, that's why I like the winter. I okay. I'm, well, I was born in the winter, so okay. that may be a part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I was born in January, so I've always enjoyed the winter more than any other season. Basketball season's in the winter. It's my yeah. favorite sport. Um and so, you know, and also growing up in New York, right? So that, that's yeah, kind of what true. I was accustomed to. Yeah. And you just kind of live through true seasonal changes, right? It's, yeah. it's really fall. Like yeah, not sometimes here, here you have no. a, a hot summer. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it's 40 degrees out. Yeah. And you miss the <laughs> and time. And then it's 70 again. A, a, yeah. light, a light jacket, yes. right? That's um, the best time. And then you go from it being cold and you got, you know, three inches of snow and then it's like 78 degrees again. You're yeah. Like, well, what happened to like just taking off one layer of clothing? Yeah. No, it's so. it's hard to do that here, I feel like. Especially that weird, that one storm that we had in like February or March where it was all the snow and it was like super cold. And yeah. that was, and then within a week you're like, oh, I need to take the shorts out. Like what? The shorts. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what is happening here? Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. So you said you went skydiving. When you I went. Have. When you went skydiving, was that a moment of clarity where you're just like, I'm in the sky and this is crazy? Or were you like strategizing of like your landing? Probably <laughs> a little bit of strategy. Okay. But I'm, here's what I think I'm good at. I know the things that I know nothing about. Okay. Okay. 
And I know I don't know anything about skydiving. Okay. So I was able to just allow the people in charge to be in charge. Okay. And so, you, you, you know, it was a tandem jump. Okay. And you go up on this plane, and you're just kind of flying, and you're kind of looking over the scenery. And you, and you get up there, and you're thinking, why did I do this? <laughs> this was really kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and why then, did you do it? So it was suggested to me <laughs> as something that was good and uh, um, awareness for the Golden Knights uh, okay. Army okay. uh, team uh, of jumpers okay. and their appreciation for them and what yeah. they do. So that's pretty much the basis of it. Okay. Uh, there's more to the story, but that, we'll leave it there. Okay. But So you get up in this plane and you're about to jump, and the guy says, all right, you ready? And you're like, I mean, what else? It's <laughs> yeah. not really a question at this time. Yeah. And so, you know, you get out there on the edge of the – well, before you do that, they, you're flying the plane, and then they turn the plane on its side, right? Yeah. And the door is open. There is – it's not open. There is no door. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, you're great. looking down. And you, yeah. And now you're really thinking, like, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Like, it's not. Yeah. Nobody's going to be hurt if we don't. Let's yeah, just no. land the plane. Yeah. No one has to know. We went up, man. Yeah. (laughs) So you get on the edge of the guy on the edge of the deal, and and the guy says, "Okay, on the count of three, we're gonna jump. You ready?" And you're like, "Well, sure." Yeah. Right. What else are you gonna say? Yeah. I mean, you're strapped. Uh, I guess you can say no, but at that point, yeah, probably pretty cowardly at that point, right? So um, the guy goes, he he starts rocking. Goes one, two, and jumps. Yeah. Oh, not on three. And so we jump onto, and I don't know, 10,000 feet of a free fall. Yeah. And that felt like life was ending. Okay. And it was just a matter of how much longer. Yeah. Okay. So you weren't <laughs> relaxing at all. You weren't in a well, clarity you like my, yeah. Like, okay. Okay. I've like, never done it. So yeah. I get, Because yeah. part of it is you're not in control. Yeah. That's true. So I hope this guy really knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I also hope. That we don't have a malfunction. Yeah. That's the thing that's... Because yeah. we have to have this parachute. Yeah, you can't not have the parachute. <laughs> but the parachute's not coming out quick enough. Yeah. In your mind. Oh, yeah. Like, every second feels like an hour. Like, dude, really? now. Yeah. Like, the moment you jump The moment out, you jump, the parachute needs to be up. <laughs> then it would be a nice, relaxing, like, float down to the ground. You just free fall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could do it. I say I could do it now. I don't know... Getting, I think once I got up there, I probably could, but yeah, the, I don't know. But then the most euphoric thing happens. The parachute comes out. Yeah. And you are floating in the middle of the sky. Yeah. And there's really nothing to do except kind of look around and observe the area. Yeah. And there's no pressure. It doesn't feel anything. Like, you feel safe. Yeah. And you just kind of float to the ground. Was the <laughs> landing cool. okay? Landing was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you do it at? Um, it was a town just outside of Norman. Oh, okay. And there's a little airstrip up there, and, and I guess they do it every year. And you did it with the, the Golden, Golden Knights. Knights. See, mm-hmm. yeah, I would trust them. I did trust them. So, yeah. And, so I would do that instead yeah. of, like, a random no, place. No random. Yeah. So was that, would you say that's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Most adventurous? Yeah. 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 I, I would say, yeah. And then the zip lining. Zip lining isn't as adventurous as yeah. it seems. Yeah. If you've done it before. Yeah. Right? I think skydiving would be just as adventurous the second time. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to do it again, though. We're not going to no. find that out. <laughs> but but ziplining is adventurous until you do it. And you realize, 
You're just kind of like going. It's kind of yeah. it's cool. Like it's yeah. fun, but it's like riding a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, pretty safe. It's pretty secure. Like people yeah. do it all day, every day. Yeah. Like, you know. Do you like roller coasters? Not necessarily. Yeah. I'm not. They're a unnecessary. I used yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to really like them, and then I think I got I got a concussion one time. I got a concussion multiple times, but this one is the one that got me, and I didn't. And now, like, is this one ended your athletic career? Yeah. Oh no, that was just <laughs> my athletic ability ended my athletic career. <laughs> yeah, my ability to uh, not run fast or lift heavy or do anything really uh, really got me there. Um, and probably my height didn't help much either, but. Um, no, this was just a, a casual, you know, shoot, shooting the game on the sidelines, a high school game, and a kid laid me out, uh, had to miss work. It was a whole thing. Um, wild times. It, like, sure. went viral. It was not – because everyone got it on camera because you're shooting the game. Wow. Yeah, the whole stadium went silent. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, got up, continued to shoot the game, did five oh, live wow. shots, no big deal. <clears throat> Don't remember them, but it was fine. No one knew. Where they didn't think I was concussed until I got back to the office, and they were like, hey, you're acting weird. And I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Go figure that out. Okay. Let me drive home. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Wow. Um, but yeah, after that, like the roller coasters now, like I have to close my eyes or I get super lightheaded and I just can't do it anymore. And I'm like, wow, I used to be kind of cool. Now yeah, I, can't do I mean, you know, I'm married well for a lot of reasons, not one of which is my wife may be the most adventurous person I've ever met. Really? Okay. And she would go ride a roller coaster, well, like give her the most daring thing to do and okay. she wants to try it she can get like cliff diving whatever bungee jumping doesn't matter really yeah and you're just there to cheer her on i don't want to be there to cheer her on but yeah <laughs> <You know what>? <laughs> <laughs> and so like the best thing for me when we go somewhere together is to have our kids with us because they're not because they can't yeah no they can't jump and so off the cliff somebody has to stay with the kids yeah that's a good and point then i don't have to go with her or say that i'm not going with her because she knows yeah that what kind of stuff is she doing where you're like i'm gonna stay with the kids you know the free fall rides when you go oh yeah up, yeah and no, you just yeah. drop for yeah. you know yeah eh, wow no she just does wow that's all a, of it yeah that's impressive yeah. um yeah i'm not the one i the most daring one that i liked was the in vegas at that stratosphere hotel mm -hmm. The, like, one that goes out over the strip and it, sure. like, hangs you out over. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I, that's that's daring enough for me. I'll just do that. And sure. call, call it In fact, she wanted to do the um, skydiving with me and was really disappointed that she wasn't able to. So. Oh, yeah, I bet she was super bummed. She's like, this is my kind of thing. Yes, still on her bucket list. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to go with her. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I did it already. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. You're an expert now. You don't need to go again. You're fine. Um, so speaking of Jenny, real quick um, – what was the the proposal like when you when you I know you met Jenny when you were at South Carolina, correct? I did. You were a GA and she was working as a nutritionist. Is that correct? I was an assistant coach. Assistant coach, um, okay. I, I got, we both actually got to Columbia professionally at this, about the same time. Okay. Um, she's from Michigan. Okay. Um, she went to Virginia Tech, did her undergrad, played volleyball there. Was a really good athlete. Mm -hmm. Still is. Yeah. Um, and then she got her she got her undergraduate degree and. And um, sports nutrition. Okay. And then got a master's in food science at the University of Florida. Okay. And then she was working at the uh, South Florida for a little while and then got hired at South Carolina as a full-time sports dietitian for the whole athletic department. Oh, awesome. And so <clears throat> we met when I got back there in 2008 as an assistant coach. She was there her first year. Uh, funny story how we met. We won't go into it right now. But in 2010... 
um, I believe it was on her birthday, I actually proposed to her. So she wasn't expecting it. Um, and I think she enjoyed the surprise, uh, although she was completely overwhelmed by it at the same time. So Was it like at a restaurant or where were you guys? No, so we actually had gone out to eat. Okay. Um, and at the time I had a screened in, we had a, uh, I had a screened in back porch at the house that I was living in. And so we were just hanging out out, out there listening to music, um, just kind of chatting. And, you know, one of her favorite songs had come on. And at that moment, I, I took the chance to get on the knee. And Did you plan the song or it just happened? It just happened. I had planned the proposal, but the song happened. So That's like fate. That's perfect. I guess. That's awesome. Ten years later, here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, I feel like... Um, Sometimes those are the, just the best way The best way to do it. It doesn't need to be super flashy. It doesn't need to be anything. It just needs to be meaningful. You knew that was her song, and that was, like, perfect timing. Worked out. I love that. What song was it? It was uh, Flying Without Wings by Ruben Stuttered. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard that song. You should listen to it. It's okay. pretty good. Yeah. Did you guys play that at the wedding? We actually did. I love that. It was interesting because we, um, so my wife's an only child. Okay. Same. Love that. Um. She has a really small family, like five total people. Oh, wow. Um, I have four sisters, no brothers, so it was five kids yeah. and my parents in my house. So we much bigger, right? Yeah. My mom's the baby of ten. My dad's oh, wow. like fourth of nine. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, we all, my sisters all have two. So we have a huge family on my yeah. side and not very much on her side. Well, um, she thought she wanted to get married in Charleston. Okay. And have this big extravagant wedding, and I think she got overwhelmed going through the wedding planning process. And one day she just was like, "You know, what? I don't want to do this." And I was like, "Get married?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> she said, no, I don't. I just want to go to a beach. She's a beach mom. She grew yeah. up on Lake uh, okay. Michigan. Oh, awesome! So spent time there. She's like, "I just want to do a destination wedding." So we ended up actually getting married in St. Lucia. Okay. Uh, on the beach, overlooking sunset. Um, Small group of family went there, and uh, we ended up having a bigger celebration with some more friends in Columbia when we got back a couple of weeks later. Yeah. It was the beach, though. Were you into the beach, the beach idea? I wasn't. Okay. But it wasn't my wedding. Yeah, very I was true. just invited. Yeah, and it was at sunset, so you weren't really, you're not dealing with the sun. I tell her this all the time, so it won't be <laughs> funny for other people to know. So I'm standing out there, you know, I'm out there first. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, because I also don't swim. Okay. So I'm looking... I'm out here waiting for my life to change. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either stand here and get married or swim to my death. Because the nothing out there but the ocean. So, sucked it, But you weren't thinking up. about going. Is it? That wasn't an, an option. <laughs> 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 I think you made the right choice. I think that, I think that was so a good too. move. Yeah, I think yeah, that was a good move. That's funny that that's what, <laughs> that's what you were thinking about. Um, was that the best? Yeah, probably the best time you had on a beach ever now. That you're yeah, it, it truly was the best uh, trip I've ever taken. And I've been a lot of places. Yeah. Um, Italy, France, Greece, you know, Germany. Um, been pretty much uh, probably about 50 states. Oh, wow. Uh, been to Hawaii, been to Alaska. I mean, and um, that was the best trip I've ever had. You got to relax maybe a little bit. Not a whole lot. Not a whole but lot. Yeah. As yeah. much as I've ever relaxed on a vacation, yeah. it was in 2011 on St. Lucia. Okay. Why'd you go to Alaska? 
What was it like? Basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah, basketball's taking me a lot of places. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually went. It was fascinating because I'm a geography buff. Okay. I love knowing where things are. Okay. How to get there. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I know nothing about it. So, um, I went to um, Anchorage okay. in November. And oh. what I learned is Alaska has two seasons. Yeah. There's a dark season. Yeah. There's a light season. And we were there in dark season. I'd never been to a place where that was the case. Yeah. It was, the sun was literally out for like three hours a day. That's like your type of place. Yeah, but it was kind of downtrodden. Like that much darkness. Dark, yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't sunny. Yeah. It was dark. dark yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was like, cold. And it was cold. Yeah. And so the sun was out from like 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And that's it. Wow. And it was dark the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, I don't think, as a big fan of naps, that would probably be great, but my productivity would be way down. I'd be like, well, it's dark outside. They say people are happy there. Yeah. It's interesting. I think you have to be used to it. I think it'd be hard to live there coming from here. I think if you were born there, you're probably like, well, this is very normal. Well, of course. But, but yeah. Then you go somewhere else and you're like, how did I ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I remember when I was applying for jobs after graduating college, I was applying for TV jobs, and I applied for... Um, jobs up there in Alaska. But there's a flip side, right? There's another part of the year. That's very nice, yeah. Opposite of that. Yeah. So, I, you know, shout yeah. out to the Alaskans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I applied for jobs out there, and my dad was like, You really think you could live out in Alaska? I was like, I'll take a job wherever I can get a job at this point in TV. But, um, yeah, I was like, I don't know if it would have been that great. And they're like, Yeah, there's just like moose that walk around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, That seems sure. cool. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm. Not glad I did a good job up there, but my life would have probably been a little bit different. A little if bit I had. different, but uh, but yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. Um, love getting to know you a little bit better, and I'm sure our listeners uh, like that as well. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up here for this episode of the Orange Power Podcast. You can catch the men's and women's basketball teams in action at Walk Around on Friday night at the Beta House. Uh, a lot of secrecy going into that one, so you guys are gonna want to go out there and see the excitement and and get to watch some of the the very talented men and women before the season starts uh, the following week. So you're going to want to tune in for that. Thank you for listening and watching the Orange Power Podcast. We'll be right back here next week. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.